live. Yeah, we are. You guys, who let us have a podcast? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Habit Podcast. I'm Christina Franklin. I'm Natalie Hopkins. And I'm Paige hey. Burke. And welcome. I hope you guys are as excited as we are. <laughs> Hello. I'm sorry. Is that the sound of our the hostess? host? <laughs> and she's so oh cute. Today, what are we? What are we even here for, Nat? What are we talking about? We are going to dive deep on probably the most asked macro question. Period. Mm. Which is, yeah. How in the world do these things work? How do macros work to change your body composition? To help you lose weight, help you gain weight, gain lean muscle, yada, 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 whatever the goal is. So we're going to go way deep and talk about how macros work, most specifically with our program. Because cool, everyone who's listening to this is probably on our program or thinking about our program or something. Yes. Um, and then we're also going to get into some very fun myth busting about midway through mm-hmm. this show. So that's what's coming up. And the reason why we're talking about it is to really know the how behind what this is and how it works so that you can really create the what and the what being hitting your numbers, regaining habits, all the fun stuff that comes along with wanting to change your life. Yep. Love a good life change every now and then. (laughs) We also are going to be talking about this because social media can be crazy deceiving. You guys know my feels on social media, but mm-hmm, like do. last week when you were like, I started eating 400 more calories a day and I am super shredded now. Yeah. Yeah. No. So really kind of like debunking like some of those Instagram accounts that you see where people are eating whatever junk they want every day mm-hmm, and still mm-hmm. getting abs and just kind of, you know, talking about how it's more portion sensitive and has to do with timeline and choices, all of those things. So what's the hashtag? What hashtag? I-I-F-Y-M. Yeah. If it fits your macros. Oh, yeah. Crazy, crazy. But every, if you look up the, that hashtag, every single photograph is like of somebody eating like French toast or a donut or pizza. That's what I'm saying. It's like crazy. Yeah. You know, every once in a while fitting your macros type of situation. Well, nobody wants to tag like IIFYM and be like, if it fits your macros with like a gorgeous cucumber salad, like no one, (laughs) (laughs) like that's not something to brag about. Everyone's just like, oh, wow. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) What's the one common theme between all of our episodes? It's Natalie screaming, pickles! It wouldn't be an episode in last. No, it sure wouldn't. It sure wouldn't. I feel like one of the most important themes of tonight is that macros are not a magic pill. No. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I want to like ask you guys, mm. when you first mm-hmm. found macros, mm-hmm. what what was like your first impression of it? Holy shit, I can eat so many carbs and you're telling me I'm going to lose weight? Yeah, my inner dialogue. Yeah, Paige is like, oh, my God, carbs. I would say my first thought was just that it was like a lot of food. Mm. That was like my first thought. Once you got your numbers or when you were like starting to look into it? When I was starting to track. So I I think like the first I signed up for the program. I don't even know what year this was at this point, but I signed up for the program. I got my numbers. 
And I was like, okay. So I had like an egg white omelet uh, for breakfast with like a piece of toast. And then I had like a salad for lunch. I snacked on some carrots and I got to dinner and I was like, I have like a thousand calories left. Like, where, what am I going to do? And so I, I, I think realizing how, just how much food I needed to eat was on, a, on the weekdays was really huge. And then realizing just how tragic my weekends actually were. Mm-hmm. High highs and your low lows. Those were the two like biggest like, whoa, mm-hmm. I actually need a lot of food and I actually need to be consistent about it because those are those are probably my two. Mm-hmm. What about you? I'm just trying to think about that. I think mine was probably along the same vein. Oh, no. You know what mine was? Was how many carbs were in fruit? Ooh, mm-hmm. so yeah, the that's car- a good one. The carb thing for sure. But I actually was like more like shook. Like I was just like, whoa, they're like, like the macro breakdown of some of these foods that I just like always eat and it never gave a second thought to. Right. Are mm-hmm. actually like way different than I thought. Right. And like yeah. vegetables. I remember that being the craziest thing too, was like thinking that like a salad and mm-hmm. was like a serving of like mixed greens or whatever. And right. to find out it was maybe like a quarter of an actual serving. Oh my God. Right. You have to eat so many vegetables. <laughs> I digress. The other reason why we're going to really dive deep on this is because as Christina kind of pointed out a little bit there, the macro world is obsessed with protein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're going to explain why. Yeah. I mean, I personally think that protein is always the missing ingredient. <laughs> we know. Especially in what we do. But yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And then we're also going to talk about how numbers are calculated, mm-hmm. how important they are. Yep. And our favorite little topic of consistency and why it's a non-negotiable. Oh, dear God. We're going to be here we all talk night. About this, enough? this is like an intro. This is like every one of my intro calls right here. Getting right into it. We're going to dive straight into how calculate numbers and what goes into calculating numbers. Christina. Oh, yes. I I spend a lot of time calculating numbers for our babes. If you went to three different macro coaches today and told them the exact same thing, you would probably get three different sets of macro numbers. That's something that I, I always like to say because macros are not an exact science. Mm-hmm. And it's very much up to the opinion um, and experience of the coach. And so there are definitely ways where you could just plug and play your numbers and put them into a calculation, but that's not really how we do it. So the way that we do it is the first thing that we do is we calculate your TDEE, which is your total daily energy expenditure. Did you guys know that's that's what that's standed for? I I (laughs) did. That's what that stood for? But every time I read it, I read it as Teddy. Oh, Teddy. Okay. (laughs) So first things first, we need to find your Teddy. So for people who don't know what your Teddy is... (laughs) Basically, it's like you estimate how many calories you need a day to like survive. And that includes, yeah, that includes like your exercise. So the first thing you find is your BMR, your basal metabolic rate. So that in and of itself is an estimate. It's a basic calculation. There's a number, there are a number of different calculations um, that people use to find their BMR. I did a ton of research on what I felt was the best one. And so we use a calculation to find your BMR. And then you basically do like a kind of like a a multiplier to 
factor in for like activity or if you work on your feet or, you know, that kind of stuff for how many calories you're burning. And that's that's how you find your Teddy. And so that's the first thing that I do when I'm figuring out what macros to set for someone is just to figure out like what do they need? What are their daily caloric needs? The next thing that I do is really look at like what their goals are. Do we need to put them on a deficit? Do we need to put them on a surplus? How severe of a deficit? And that's really that's dictated by what their goals are. If there's a timeline, what kind of activities they're doing. So I never put people on too high of a deficit. I don't like to put people on more than like a 20% deficit and 20 is like as severe as I would as I go. And the way that we structure our program, like we have our clients for a minimum of 12 weeks. And so that's enough time that we can really drive home. We can really get to most of the time, get them where they need to go without having to like freak their body out. Another and then so now at this point, you've have you have the caloric intake that you have your your client to be on, right? Whether it's a deficit or a surplus or whatever. And then from there, then you have to look at your macros. So another thing that I always like to say to new clients is that you will lose weight if you are at a deficit. So just that's just science. <laughs> you are taking in less than you are expending. Burning. You, yeah, taking in less than you are burning, you're going to lose weight. So if you just want to look at calories, you will just become a smaller version of what you currently are. What macros can kind of lend itself to is manipulating that deficit or that surplus in a strategic way using, you know, protein, carbs, or fats. And so when I'm assigning macronutrients, I'm looking at a whole variety of things. You know, one of which are goals. Is is it toning? Is it just pure fat loss? Is it energy? You know, what are the goals that this person is looking for? Another thing I'm looking at is activity. So are they taking 90-minute spin classes? Or are they taking CrossFit classes? Or are they shift workers? You know, are they just like constantly on their feet for 12 hours a day through the night? And that'll also dictate kind of what I assign per person. Body type play comes into play. Different body types respond better to different sets of macronutrients. And so it's this kind of like tweak, this this general, this like gradual tweaking that I do to find the the starting point for these clients. And at the end of the day, as you can hear from my explanation, it's a guess. It's a really, it's a highly educated guess. And that's also why I call them a starting point because that's where you'll start. And then we can really adjust your body will dictate how we adjust them. So well said, Christina. You explained that so beautifully. And I think... Thanks. <laughs> what is... Yeah. And I think what is like the big takeaway from that is how individualized it is and how important it is from that starting point to then commit to an extended period of time. Yeah. These numbers, a lot of data to really understand, you know, is this highly educated guess pretty spot on or do we need to tweak like some little things to it macros do a really good job at like i guess this is a general statement but for me and obviously for Paige, i think macros did a really good job of almost explaining or like showing you why you need certain things mm -hmm. because when when i first started i was like i was the same as Paige. like this is this is a lot of carbs this is a lot of protein and this is not a lot of fat mm -hmm. <laughs> And I very quickly understood through PRing in the gym, like two weeks later, like why why those things were necessary. I could literally feel it. So true. And I think for like thinking back 
personally. I remember like a big shift being when I realized that my body type responded better to a higher carb breakdown Ugh. than a higher fat. Yeah. And actually, funnily enough, was talking with my mom a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> she also loves hey, mom. hey man. She also loves carbs and she really doesn't we've never I never grew up eating like high fat meats. Um mm. I always hated milk like and like just all these things, which I always just kind of was like, oh, like that's just weird. And I don't know, mm -hmm. like it just didn't have an explanation. And macros helped me to understand that actually my body type responds better to a higher carb, lower fat breakdown. And interesting. My mom has had the very, you know, we have the same body type and has had the same exact experience her whole life. It's interesting. Easy. Isn't it wild though? And like she was yeah. like, I always tried to fight it because you heard like high carb is just so bad, blah, blah. Right. And so I remember like we used to try to like eat more fat. And I'm like, it's so funny. Like our bodies weren't going to respond well to that. But we like You're just like, tried. Yeah, no thanks. Right. And even <laughs> and even more so. So like that's that's an, if you think about what I was just talking about and how you set your macros. One, mm -hmm. your body type likes that certain breakdown. And then on top of it, your training demands that of you. And so mm -hmm. it's this That's like what I was just going to say, too. Yeah, this whole, you know, and, but sometimes your training and what your body type want, you know, aren't aligned. And so that's where that kind of like push and pull comes in. But for you, it's just mm -hmm. like everything is pointing at low fat, super high carb, moderate protein. Forever. Give me the pasta. Yeah, <laughs> I love that, which is fun. That's like, well, that's one of the greatest myths, right? That you're not supposed to eat a ton of carbs. Christina, that was literally the segue I was just about to go down. <laughs> I was like, guys, this segues very beautifully into our first round of Mythbusters. Tell me. Oh. I just keep picturing myself like the guy on the show. Did you guys yes. I do too? Yes, of course. That show's <laughs> dope. It's so good. So I'm feeling the honored right now. I also feel like I wish I had like a jingle or something to be like, Mythbusters. Oh. Anyways. Fun fact, did you guys know it's still on? No, really? Like new yeah. episodes are coming out? Yes. Is it still the science two guys never and the girl? It's for sure the two guys. Anyways, Amazing. what are what are some of the myths? All right, ready for your first one? Yes, yes. True or false? High carb macro numbers will make you gain weight. Bullshit. Is that one of the <laughs> options? Sure. <laughs> Habit version of MythBusters. Bullshit is an option. <laughs> True or false? Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I so carbs get a bat. Okay, this is one of my this is one of my theories of why carbs get a better rap. I distinctly remember, distinctly, like, I don't even know why, I don't even know my, I don't think I've ever told this story. When I was younger, I was maybe in my teens, and I was highly aware of my ever-changing body, and we're Sicilian, so we eat pasta, and so we had a big pasta meal, and the next morning I woke up, and for some reason, I'm not sure why, I weighed myself, and I walked downstairs, and this is before, I, I was pretty young, I was like, it was before I was like obsessed with, I got obsessed and then unobsessed, before I was obsessed with everything. And I said to my mom, mom, I think I gained like six pounds. <laughs> and she was like, oh, honey, we just, we had pasta last night, so that's, that's what it's from. And I was like, what? And Years later, when I started working on, you know, working on the habit and, and tracking macros and all that stuff, I, I didn't realize until years later that there is a direct correlation between how your body retains water and the amount of carbs that you eat. 
And so there's like a direct, I think we've talked about this in, a, in our, another episode before, but you know, there's, right. Okay. So for every one gram of carb stored in your body, you retain between two to three grams of water. Oh, damn. So a lot of you, water. It's a lot of water. It's a lot of water. So if you think, especially when you're young and you eat like me, probably mm, five servings of pasta, which is probably mm, just under 200 carbs, <laughs> you're retaining pounds of water, especially if you ate that meal late. So that's that's one of my theories. But you of, just associated it directly to that in your mind. It yeah. Like, like I was like, that was can't be acceptable. safe. Like you should not be like that should safe. not be something that your body's doing. <laughs> That safe. sounds I unsafe. also blame like 90s diets, like low carb, like Atkins, mm-hmm. constantly advertised. Right. And especially if you were a woman, you were going to, you know, hold on to carbs or maybe you had a certain body type that was associated to holding on to carbs more. It was definitely a, feel thing, that, a trend. Yeah, it was a trend. So I feel like that really stuck with me too. Fair. So do you want to hear the like Mythbusters answer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is false if you're eating a carb number appropriate to your energy expenditure. It is Makes sense. true if the opposite is true, right? So if you're eating more carbs than you need, you might gain mm-hmm. weight. If you're under eating in protein and you're exceeding your daily carb needs. So basically what that means is you're eating a high fat, high carb diet. You may gain weight. Especially Which is if you're super in- common, super common. I think mm-hmm. probably most of us came into like doing macros, eating high fat, high carb. Yes. And we were like, what's wrong? I don't get it. I'm eating right. bananas and peanut <laughs> butter. And and veggies. It's like, well, yep. <laughs> yep. So there you go. Just like Mythbusters does, you get two answers, people. You get two. I, <laughs> I appreciate your clarification on that one mm-hmm. because I always just like to be like, no, you have to eat carbs, but it's true. I mean, yeah, you know, within reason. You can't Christina, be an asshole about all it. All or nothing. That's shocking coming from you. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, all right. Myth number two. Dos. You are, sorry, true or false. If you are not reaching your body composition goal at the pace you think you should, you should drop your numbers for a greater calorie. This is a trick question. <laughs> Christina, it was Is that also deem a bullshit flag? <laughs> Pick one. I think that it's your fault for asking questions that don't have a true false answer. Which is why I'm Christina, unable to play the game yet again to answer true false. I'm gonna say false. That's my final answer. Here's the thing. It is false if you're at a deficit. Like or if it, it is false if you're already at the amount of deficit you need to be at say like 10 or 20%. However, cuz okay. <laughs> this isn't a true false question, Natalie. <laughs> it's supposed to be challenging, Christina. It's supposed to make you think. Okay. So, hold on. You're not reaching your body comp goals at the pace you think you should. You should drop your numbers for a greater caloric deficit. Okay. No, you should not drop them more if you're already at a deficit. As I stated earlier, if you drop yourself to like a 30% deficit, your body's going to fight you every single way. For every pound and gram of water that you lose, <laughs> your body's going to fight you. What if I'm at a 20% cut and I've been following my numbers consistently for about four to five weeks? Then what? Would- then you need to get your macros in check, girl. Mm-hmm. You need to get your <laughs> macros in check. That's what you need to do. I'm assuming the body comp goal and 
I know that when you assume, you make an ass of you and me. However, I'm assuming that that the body comp goal is in relation to leaning out and toning. Mm -hmm. I want abs. In that case, probably just need more protein. And you should also probably look at what workouts you're doing. Love Love it. it. Thank you, Coach Christina. That's it. Nail on the head, girlfriend. If you're just taking spin class, you're probably not going to get a six pack. Well, right, because spin class isn't going to build muscle. Coming from right. spin instructor people. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You're not right. gonna yeah. you're not gonna gain lean muscle going to soul cycle all the time. Supplement with some BBG, girl. What's up? Anyway, <laughs> what's in what's the next one? This better be true, false, Natalie. Oh my God. I'm literally scared to give you these. Okay. <laughs> It'd be sweaty. True or false. Macros won't work if you eat under slash over your numbers every day. Guys, her eyes. I wish you could see. <laughs> She's like, Natalie, these questions. Are bullshit. I'm literally <laughs> angry. I know. Christina's sitting cross-legged on her floor right now. She's so distraught. I'm feeling very enraged. <laughs> <laughs> What's your answer? I'm not answering this question. Paige, you can answer this question. I say if ma- macros won't work if you under overeat your numbers every day, within reason. It depends how over or under you are. That's a right? good answer. So we <laughs> like to say when you're starting. Shoot around plus or minus 10 grams. If you're a newbie, you're trying to figure it all out. And then as you go along in your program, try and rate it in a little bit more. I would say anything more than, well, it's, it's I guess it's variable depending on your macro. Fat, try and keep as close as possible. Carbs and protein, I would say have a little bit more leeway. You know, like that 5 to 10 to potentially 12-ish gram fluctuation range. You, but again, it's just do your best. You just mean because of the caloric tie yeah. to that? Because yeah. one gram of fat is nine calories, nine. but one gram mm-hmm. of carb and one gram of protein is four calories. Four. Okay, so I'm going to preface this one. This is a little <laughs> bit of a trick question. but I, I knew it. Weird. <laughs> this is a bullshit. She's so bad at me, you guys. <laughs> this is probably going to be my last episode of this podcast. I'm getting fired. No way. <laughs> Say goodbye to Natalie. <laughs> Round two. Um, okay. So it's a trick question because it really depends on the goal. And there's a million different answers to this question. So if they're if you're using macros to help you create more of a balanced lifestyle and there's intention behind your fluctuation. So let's say, you know, you're overeating a little bit, like kind of like day to day, but then sometimes you're undereating, there's a good chance you're still gonna lose weight. That said, if your goal is, again, the lean muscle goal, which is so hard and doesn't get the credit for being as hard as it is, I think, if you're consistently eating under protein, honestly, it's probably going to take you a really long time to see. It's never going to happen. (laughs) She's shooting it straight, guys. Not Um, in the business of lying. (laughs) And also, if, you know, your goal is weight loss, it takes you have to be in a deficit of 3,500 calories to lose one pound of body weight. So let's say you're over under your numbers kind of day to day, but at the end of the week, you're still in a deficit of 3,500 calories. You very well may see one pound loss that week. So it's a true false answer because it depends Mm. on a lot of different things. Not surprised by that bullshit true false question. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You ready for the last one? Okay, true or false? Macros always mean macro tracking. Heck no. Oh macros God. just stand for macronutrients. Ding ding. You're right. So the answer is false. 
macros are just macronutrients in whatever way it looks like for you. So once it becomes intuitive, you know, you really don't need to track like our girl, Christina over here, who's hashtag goals forever. Oh, you guys are so sweet. You are. are, We love you. Love you so much. (laughs) Tracking, however, is really Mm. necessary for the like ROI, if you will, on that. So you have to put in the work to track to gain that intuitive ability down the line. A hundred percent. And for an extended period of time, you can't track for two weeks and be like, I think I got this. All right, guys, thanks for playing Mythbusters. I'm sorry I got angry with you. I just felt like you were setting me up for failure. (laughs) I know. I forgot that we really like to operate on black and white over here. Yes. What is gray? I'm just saying. All right. I want to talk for just a little bit about why macros might not work if you can't commit to being consistent. Hmm. And I know this is something that we've talked about ad nauseum, but just kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts on this a little bit. I usually call it Tetris when I'm when I'm talking about my fitness pal and like calculating it. It is. It is like Tetris. When you're actually consuming with like in your body, like how do how do all of those macros like work together? The reason I'm making this confused face is because the whole like if you can't commit to being consistent, macros may not work thing, I also think is like kind of dependent on your goals and kind of dependent on like how you define consistency. One million percent. So I think like the biggest thing is figuring out what feels sustainable to you from a consistency standpoint. Right. And then committing to that. Right. Exactly. Following like somebody else's idea of consistency. Right. Is potentially setting yourself up to want to just like run around in circles because you're, you know, going to be kind of chasing this goal that is really hard for you to personally commit to. Right. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And it also goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's like if you are consistently, you know, if your goal is fat loss or leaning out or whatever, if you are consistently at a deficit, you're going to lose weight. You're going to you're going to lean out. Is it going to be the way that you want it to be if you're not really honing on your macros? Probably not. You're just going to become a smaller version of yourself. So like unless you can commit to like consistently putting in the effort to hit your actual macronutrients and like use them as intended. Everyone that you eat is going into your body and going to work for a specific purpose. And so if you can't commit to consistently hitting those macros, maybe you'll still see results, but not the exact kind of comp change that you're looking for. I also think like the last little bit I want to touch on with this is that we're talking about such a small unit of measure. We're talking about grams of food. Right. Think about how small a gram is. And when you're talking about only like, you know, in the case of fat, you're talking about like anywhere between, I don't know, like 40 and 70, 80 grams of that. Like that's really not very much. So no. The like room for error is pretty small. Yes. That's, I think, where like the consistency piece comes in too, is because if you're eyeballing or you're just like, you know, if you do have this body composition goal and you're like pretty hard focused on that, it's not a lifestyle thing. Let's practice it with that. Your room for error is just like minuscule. So if you're consistently like eyeballing and guessing and you're not actually in a deficit, you're not going to see a change. So I also want to put another note on that. I want to note on top of your note that. When you talk about being at, like having a specific goal and being at a deficit and not being in lifestyle mode, I would venture to say, and this is, I don't know if it's going to be an unpopular opinion. I would venture to say that you cannot get into lifestyle mode or it's really hard 
to get into lifestyle mode if you've never been strict with I, like a, no I agree with that like I agree with that I think it should be hard when you first start like it should be hard you're literally learning something new you're learning to look at your food for some in a completely new way and so if you can't commit to like fully learning the entire you know reading the whole book learning everything you need to learn I don't know if you could ever really get to that like lifestyle mode I want to move into talking about protein. Eat it. Because this is, I think, did you just say eat it? Protein. Period. Eat it. Period. Protein. Eat it. Christina, really quick. I want to know, Christina, why protein is so important and why it is so, like, why are our macro goals for protein so high? Funny enough, as a macro coach, I actually assign pretty low protein goals to our clients why are they still so hard to hit? but they're still hard to hit because well why are they hard to hit i don't i mean they're hard to hit because we're just like not used to eating that much protein like especially you know most of our breakfasts are on the go and we've also been kind of like breakfast lunch and dinner and snacks all have to have protein in it and so a lot of people just don't do that and you have to be really like you, you have to be super aware of protein intake it's not hard to hit your fat goal it's not hard to hit your carb goal for most people it protein just always seems to be the the number one thing also protein's the most expensive thing um so when you're eating out and things like that you're if you're grabbing a salad at i don't know chopped or wherever like a lot of times they're only giving you like two to three ounces of protein which to hit your goal you have to have a whole lot of that so yeah i mean in general for our for our ladies protein is the hardest goal to hit however it's the most important goal to hit in my opinion for like 85 percent of our clients they're working out super hard or at least consistently doing workouts and when you work out you're literally breaking down your muscles you're tearing your muscles, little tears all in your muscles. And if you're not eating enough protein, you're not repairing and restoring those muscles. So building lean muscle burns fat. Operating on a leaner body mass burns more fat. It boosts, you know, it boosts your metabolism by, you know, operating on a leaner BMI. Protein also is what keeps you satiated for longer periods of time. It's just really important. It's just really, really, really freaking important. There's like so many reasons that you need protein. There really are. I actually did a little bit of research prior to jumping on this podcast, and I want to share with you guys, we love our studies, obviously. We love our studies. In one study of 19 overweight individuals, increasing protein intake to 30% of calories caused a massive drop in calorie intake. In this study, the participants lost an average of 11 pounds over a period of 12 weeks. So consider with all of this that They only added protein to their diet. They did not intentionally restrict anything. So just by focusing on adding, they had- Not subtracting. Not subtracting, just adding. Mm -hmm. They caused a massive drop in their calorie intake. I believe it. I believe it. I I totally believe it. By choosing, because protein's so hard to hit also, I think that you're forced to be intentional about selecting your meals when you're trying to hit a certain protein goal. So I think that in and of itself is helpful. Also, like I said, it keeps you more full. You can't eat a lot of it. I'm a I'm a protein fanatic. I'm like super into it. And I have pretty moderate protein levels. And also I'd like to say that I never assign protein goals that are less than 30% of your daily caloric intake for our girls. 30 is the minimum. (laughs) All right, guys. So closing thoughts. 
wrapping all this up. This was quite the in-depth podcast. I think we I were- love where it went. I know. I, I thought too. this I, was going to be quick, but it was- Literally- We had a lot to say. We had a lot to yes. say. And I think what's cool about this is that we're really explaining everything mm. so that you can better understand it. And I think the more informed you are about why you're doing the things that you're doing, the more likely you're going to be to stick to it mm. and be mm-hmm. like, okay, like A, B, A plus B equals C. So- mm-hmm. Closing thoughts. Macros are a method. They're not a diet. Nice. It's just information that you're using to influence your choices. Because macros literally mean macronutrients. So it's just paying attention to your nutrients. Exactly. This is not a fad. This is not a diet. No, it's not a fad. It's The way of life, people. Yeah. You do need to be able to commit to consistency and whatever that looks like for you. Yes. And... Protein is a non-negotiable if you have body composition goals. Yes. End of story, period. Like Christina said, eat it. Eat it. <laughs> eat it. Period. Even if you're not paying attention to anything else. Hit your hit your 30% protein, stay at a caloric deficit, and guess what? You're going to be happy. Boom. <laughs> Boom. All right, loves. Boom. We got a Mic couple drop. minutes left. Let's jump into our macro hack of the week. <laughs> Christina, take it away. First of all, I would just like to ask, how exciting is it to announce the macro hack of the week? <laughs> I want to do that every day for the rest of my life. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> fabulous. Okay. my On a mic specifically. My macro hack of the week. It has to do with protein. Here it is. Ready, set, eat chicken thighs. Oh. This is hey. why. This is why chicken thighs are so important. If you get skinless chicken thighs. I personally like bone in skinless because I think it has more flavor, but you can get boneless skinless if you just are not into the bone. My husband's not into, you know, having the bone. He thinks it's too much work. He's wrong. But if you get skinless chicken thighs, the stats on them are actually fantastic. So obviously it has more fat than chicken breast. However, it's about a quarter of the price. One time I even got chicken thighs for like $1.19 a pound. Mm. literally chicken thighs are undesirable they're super super cheap they're like literally a quarter of the price of chicken breast they have between five and seven grams of fat per 22 grams of protein so that's like pretty great if you're taking the skin off like i said pretty great stats for four ounces of meat they have way more flavor and the best part about cooking with chicken thighs is that you don't have to use additional oil so you would put you know whatever your you put your chicken thighs into your pan i like to like pan sear them or grill them but if you're pan searing them they render fat and then you can cook your vegetables in that fat boom no additional fat and they're delicious. So you should totally do that. Also, chicken thigh chili. Just saying. Screw ground turkey. Sounds so good. Yeah. You're going to be real literally hungry. never going to be able to top this. Screw <laughs> chicken breast. That was They're so, so beautiful. So expensive. And, and they taste like shit. <laughs> That's why All you right. have to get chicken thighs. The end. Done. Paige. Putting it on my list. <laughs> I know. I know that's going to be hard to top, but you're up, babe. I was just like, it was really simple. And I've been doing this a lot this last week. And it's making like little build your own salads. In particular, (laughs) arugula, fat-free feta. Yes. Because fat-free feta is the stats. There's like seven grams of protein for every, I think it's 30 grams. Yeah, one ounce. A serving size. Yeah. A serving size. 
seven grams of protein, no fat, obviously, I think one or two carbs. And then I'll do like little salad bowls. Like I said, I'll do a little quinoa. I'll do a little veggie on top of it. Mm. I'll like drizzle a tiny bit of olive oil, a little bit of lemon. It's just quick and easy. A lot of girls have been asking for just super simple things. And so I think with summer coming up and just warmer weather, everyone's like, I don't have time for cooking anymore, which I totally understand. Mm. So salad bowls for the win this week. Love. Love it. Love it. All right. You ready for me to end us off? Yeah. Take it away, Nat. Guys, I'm going to go from a little bit of an unpopular macro choice, given that we're heading into spring and the weather's warming up. But soup is still my my main B. I have been doing a chicken soup in the Instant Pot. Like I just did it on Sunday and I've been eating it all week with avocado toast topped with... Topped with egg whites and that everything but the bagel seasoning. Oh, yes. Crazy high in protein. So well balanced macro-wise because you got the carb in the toast, high protein in the soup, and then you've got the fat also on the toast. So that's been my lunch. It takes like maybe all of five minutes to heat up. And it's like so crazy macro friendly and it just like nourishes you so much. Yes. And the soup is going to make Ugh. you feel really full because yes, yeah, high volume, magical power, high, high volume. It's a little macro medley. It really is. Natalie, you should make it with chicken thighs. Maybe I will actually. That's not a bad idea because this soup is like really low fat to the point where it's like I kind of have to have the oh, avocado yeah. toast because I'm like I need go. some fat somewhere. Bone in, skinless chicken thighs. But um. All right. Amazing. You guys, thank you so much. Nat, you did awesome. Ah, you love you. Nat, great topic. I was at first I was like, ugh, Mac, I don't want to talk about how macros work, but (laughs) now I'm really glad that we did. Here's our course, Macros 101. (laughs) So to you by the habit. We teaser for next week. Go. What is it? Do you know we're having your first ever guest on the podcast next week? Say what? Yes. I love her so much. I'm so excited. We are oh, having RD Tava Sternberg of Hub oh, Healthy Tava. Boston. As I'm going to make a next fan week. t-shirt to be like, I love you, Tava. Yes. <laughs> Quick little background on Tava before we head out. Tava is, I mean, besides the fact she's incredible, but she's been doing these kind of these very informative talks for our members for a long time. We call them Tava Talks. So next week, we're going to have a Tava Talk. And she wants to bring... She is a... I'm actually going to keep the, the topic a surprise because she's coming in with something that we've never talked about before and something that's super controversial. Ooh. I cannot wait for this. So I'm, I'm not so even going to tell you guys what it is. I can't okay. wait. I can't wait. This is so exciting. Just show right, up with guys. your with your thinking hats on. All right, guys. Love you so much. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.